1 Kings chapter 7, verses 13 to 22. Building the pillars, and the title there is Hiram's Duty. Building the pillars is the temple of God. And he wants to build pillars like this in the temple in heaven. So can we look at this one that was built here under his instruction and develop some extrapolation so we can do a trajectory and see how the other pillars might look like. For those of you that really long to enter heaven as overcomers, the question is, when the storms are raging, have you stood? Have you stood? So Hiram's beauty, the pillars of Solomon's temple, that is First Kings chapter 7, verses 13 to 22. He says, King Solomon sent to Tyre and brought Huram, whose mother was a widow from the tribe of Naphtali, and whose father was a man of Tyre and a craftsman in bronze. So let me explain that a little bit. This widow was actually not from Naphtali. This widow was a Danian. She was raised in the city of Dan. That is in the northern kingdom, in the northern kingdom of Israel. But she got married to a Hebrew man from the tribe of Naphtali. So it was counted upon her that she belonged to Naphtali. That's why you see here, she's assigned to Naphtali. The mother was a widow from the tribe of Naphtali. And he says here, his father was a man from Tyre and a craftsman. So let me explain this a little better. So this widow, this woman, this woman was from Dan. She was raised from the tribe of Dan. She belongs, she's a Danian. And that is the northern kingdom in Israel. And she got married to a Hebrew man from the tribe of Naphtali. And when her husband died, then she was redeemed by a Tyranian, by a man from Tyre. And so when she remarried this man upon the death of her husband, who was from Naphtali, but because she was married from Dan to Naphtali, she was assigned to the tribe of Naphtali. So she's considered as a Naphtalian from Naphtali, the tribe of Naphtali. And so when she was getting married now to this Tyranian from Tyre, these are not Hebrew tribes. Then now they considered her as a Naphtali woman that was married to a Tyranian. To a man from Tyre. Remember the cities of Tyre and Sidon, the atheist cities, the Gentile cities. And when she married that man, then they gave back to Hiram. Sometimes they call him Uran, Uram, but his name is Hiram. Uram was highly skilled and experienced in all kinds of bronze work. He came to King Solomon and did all the work assigned him. This is a very amazing conversation the Lord is having with the church. Because, let me extrapolate it a little bit more for you. Let me begin with King David, the father to King Solomon. 
King David. David wanted to build a temple for the Lord, the house of worship, where to put the ark of God. And the Lord refused him by saying, your hands have a lot of blood. Your hands are tainted with so much blood. You cannot. And so when David began to gather these things, he gathered so many hundreds of thousands of talents of gold and bronze and all that for the temple for whosoever the Lord will permit to build will have the materials ready. That we know David did. But when David was building his own house, his own palace, and King David is very big in Israel. That's why the top hotel where presidents stay in Israel is called King David Hotel. Magen David Adom, that is the ambulance. King David is very big in Israel. So when King David wanted to build, when he was building his own palace, he sent a message to one of the kings in down there, those areas of Lebanon. And he asked for wood. He asked for many things. He asked for wood. He asked for cedar, special wood. He asked for special things that were required to build his, his palace. And that king supplied him with a lot of the cedar wood and all those things he needed, and he built a palace. Now, when the time came for the authorized one, King Solomon, to build the temple of the Lord, it's amazing because he sent out a message. He sent a message to the king of Tyre. He sent a message to the king of Tyre asking him to send him some materials and some skilled men. Killed men. Men that can build the, the house of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. And if you listen to the narrative, it's amazing because these were mainly atheists and idol worshippers and they were worshipping other things. Sometimes they offered human sacrifices. And when they did this, it is amazing that sometimes when they did this, this kind of sacrificing, when they did all this, caught up and totally engrossed into their human sacrifice, atheist worship, idol worship. Then King Solomon, who is mandated to build the temple of the Lord, he has the mandate, he has been allowed by the Lord. Then he sends a message to the king of Tyre. And he says, I want to build the house of the Lord. And as you are aware, the house of the Lord, my God, must be built in a very powerful way by skilled men. And it must be a great house because the Lord, my God, is the greatest God above all the gods. That's the letter he wrote. Therefore, I want you to send me some skilled person who will do the following work. 
and he was essentially rubbishing their God and talking about the greatness of Jehovah in the face of this begging, this supplication. That to me was very powerful, that he exalted the name of Jehovah. And so, when it was now time to build the house of the Lord, and there was need to build the most important part of the house, the pillars, this is the letter he wrote. In fact, in other versions they say, King Solomon sent and fetched Hiram out of Tyre. By the leading of the Spirit of the Lord, God made him know that there is somebody down there. He had downloaded upon him the Spirit of the Lord and the Spirit of knowledge and wisdom and craftiness and all this to be able to work on bronze on metals like iron, bronze, and gold that would be needed to construct the pillars in the temple of God because the pillars would have to stand out as the most beautiful and the most powerful part of the temple of the Lord. Now you can understand for yourself what the overcomers represent in the house of the Lord when he sees them how steadfast how dedicated, how zealous and committed and unshakable, unwavering, unsubbing they are. Then he says, I will build a temple. Then you imagine for yourself what component, what part of the temple of God in heaven the overcomers are, what they become. How awesome, beloved people. This is the narrative behind the first Kings chapter 7, 13 to 22 I'm reading for you. Someone has been blessed by the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, and given the particular skill to build the pillars of the temple of God. So they built all the other things, but when it came to the pillars, King Solomon sent for a skilled person that God had prepared. King Solomon sent to Tyre and brought Huram, whose mother was a widow from the tribe of Naphtali. Now I've made you understand she was a Danian woman, a Danian woman that got married to Naphtali. She was married from Naphtali to Tyre. And whose father was a man of Tyre, a craftsman in bronze. Hiram was highly. Now look at the person he brings. That king sent him this person. Hiram was highly skilled and experienced in all kinds of bronze work. And he came to King Solomon and did everything, all the work assigned him. He cast two bronze pillars, each 18 cubits high and 12 cubits round by nine. He also made two capitals, the capitals I told you, those are the top of the decoration on top of the pillars. He also made two capitals of cast bronze to set on the top of the pillar. Each capital was five cubits. Let me stop there for a moment and read other versions. This is powerful. That when you want to build a pillar in the temple of God, it is not just anybody that can build it. That is just how treasured and how special 
temple of God in heaven. I, this is very powerful. This is a serious message to the church, a serious indictment to the body of Christ globally, that in your Christian salvation, tell me one thing, are you an overcomer? Are you an overcomer? Have you overcome? Are you an overcomer? Have you overcome the world? Have you overcome Satan? Have you overcome evil? Have you overcome sin? When the storms of apostasy are raging, the storms of immorality and moral decay on TV, on newspaper, on phones, on everything, is just immorality, morality, and sexual sin. When all that is raging in the house of the Lord at the pulpit, the false apostles are raging, the false prophets are raging, and they are wielding dominion. Sometimes you almost feel you can submit to them. Have you stood? Have you remained standing while everybody fell to them? Have you remained standing? Have you remained standing? That when the Lord looks at you and says, on this one, this is too awesome, I will build a pillar. I must build a pillar. Now you are beginning to understand the pillar I am talking about. The tremendous pillar. They had to find someone outside. He was not there. And Hiram was well placed. Hiram was touched by the Holy Spirit, prepared by the Spirit of the Lord. In the same way you are going to see, Bezalel was prepared. We are going to get there. So you see the sample of what needed to be built and now put on the temple to give it value as a subsystem, but also on a mental value. To add value, value addition to the temple that he built in Jerusalem. That you may understand the treasure of what the overcomers are when he says, I look at them, once I encounter them, and see them unshakable, standing unshakable, I say, I will build a pillar. On these ones, this is too awesome, I must build a pillar. In the temple in heaven, I'm using the temple on the earth for you to de develop a trajectory, extrapolate. And imagine for yourself what the overcomers and their pillars will be in the temple of God in eternity of heaven. Hey. And he says, let's read the other version. Let's see, because here he says that Hiram was highly skilled and experienced in all bronze works, all kinds of bronze works. And he came to King Solomon and he did all the work assigned him perfectly, very powerfully. Let me read a bit from King James so you can see. He says, and King Solomon sent and fetched Hiram out of Tyre. That's why I call him Hiram, because from King James they call him Hiram. In the NIV they call him Huram. That is the same name. He was a widow's son of the tribe of Naphtali. I've told you she was a Canadian woman that was married to the Naphtalian. So she was a son, a widow's son of the tribe of Naphtali. And his father was a man of Tyre. A worker of brass, you know, brass bronze, and he was filled with wisdom and understanding and cunning and wrought all his work. So let me describe, they're describing, they say, 
even though his father was a tyrant, was from Tyre, but Hiram was filled with wisdom, number one, with understanding, number two, and was cunning, cunning. He was cunning to work all work of wrath. He was cunning. And when you look at cunning in the definition of the Lord here, he's saying somebody that can make invention. He's relating it to an inventor, someone that is so anointed of the Lord in this work, in this area, that he can make invention, he can generate things and invent things and produce new things. That is the context under which he's using cunning. And only the Spirit of the Lord could do this. And he came to King Solomon and he wrote all his work. He completed all the work. The pillars of the Lord, the pillars that God Almighty instructed to be constructed in the temple of God that Solomon built in Jerusalem. We are using that as an example to really extrapolate, to really bring out what the Lord means when he engages with overcomers and says, you are so awesome, I must build a pillar. I will build a pillar. When Jehovah, the Lord God himself says, I will build a pillar. It is not small. It is not small. And he goes on in the subsequent verses to describe the detail of the pillars. He says he built two bronze pillars, each 18 cubits high and 12 cubits round in line. Really, sometimes talk about diameter and circumference. He also made two capitals to cast of cast bronze to set them on top of the pillars. And I told you that the capitals are the decorated tops of the pillars. Each capital was five cubits high, a network of intervening chains festooned, fashioned and festooned, in other words, fashioned, the capitals, intervening chain, fashioned the capital on top of the pillars, seven on each capital. He made pomegranates, these are special fruit, there's a special tree. He made pomegranates in two rows, encircling each network to decorate the capitals on top of the pillars. He did the same for each capital. He made pomegranates, and then he used them now in those rows to decorate the pillar, the capital, the top of the pillar. That's what he's saying here. And he did the same for each of the capitals. The capitals on top of the pillars in the portico of the temple outside there were in the shape of lily, four cubits high, on the capitals of both pillars, above the bound, above, above the bound-shaped part to the network, where the 200 pomegranates, the 200 pomegranates, in rows, all around. He erected the pillars at the portico of the temple. The pillars to the south, he named Hakim. And the pillars, there were two pillars. The pillars to the south, he named Akim. And the one to the north, he named Boaz. 
And then he says, and these men have a purpose. Hakim says, the Lord is hunting. Boaz talks about strength. Let's move on, beloved people. And the capital on top were in shape of lily. And so the work on the pillars was completed. Look at that verse. Look at all the verse 22. That is the skillful work that the Holy Spirit had endowed on Hiram to come and accomplish. You needed a specialist to now come and do this and fit it on the temple. And when this was done, you could count as the temple was done. And if you look at the exterior positioning of the pillar, then you understood. And in front of the pillar, in between the two pillars, then now you have the olive door. And of course, the golden lamp stand in front at the altar. So you can imagine what these two stand for. You can already begin to think about that. The two pillars, and then you have the golden altar, the golden stand in front, in between the two pillars. You can imagine what those two pillars stand for the church now, now, now. And what they stood them for Israel too. Because now between them is the altar and the lamp, the golden lamp. Very powerful, beloved people. And so, Naphtali, she got married to Naphtali, and then finally now, she got married to a man from Tyre, and then the son they get back to, it's amazing because he's a mix between the Hebrew and the Tyrenian, so that allowed him to be able to blend in, to come in there with the skill the Lord has put in him because of the great work he needs to do, and the Lord has to bring him from out to come and do a special duty, just do a special thing. He comes in with a very special instinct and knocks it down precision, psychical precision. He accomplished it. How the work? He accomplishes it very perfectly, and the work is done. But you can imagine the blend between the Hebrew and the Tyrrhenian. That blend, that mix between the two, allowed him to understand the Hebrew worship and hence the requirement and to receive the anointing from the Lord to do this work, and then also to now come from outside strictly for work. For work, no familiarity. When it comes to the pillars, someone very skillful, anointed of the Lord in a special way has to do this. Nothing less. The mother from the tribe of Dan married to Naphtali, the northern kingdom of Israel. The husband died, married a Tyrrhenian man, and they have a son, and they call him Hiram. King Solomon hears about how God has anointed him. And the Lord directs King Solomon to talk to the king of that kingdom and call for him. He sends, and God placed upon Hiram the skills to work on bronze and brass, which is him, and gold and iron. And he comes all the way. But we are reminded here that the skill that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, has placed on Hiram is exactly the same skill that he placed on Bezalel. So let us turn from 1 Kings chapter 7, 13 to 22. Let us now turn to Exodus 31, verses 3 to 6. 
that we may understand the skills required to build these pillars. And hence how special they are is heavily underscored. Hallelujah. Exodus 31, beloved people. The book of Exodus 31, verses 3 to verse 6. And it says, in fact, I could read verses 3, we can start verse 2, to verse 6. Verse 1, we can start 1. Let's read the whole thing. Exodus 31, verses 1 to verse 6, because the same skill that he gave Hiram is the skill he actually gave to Bezalel. And he says here, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Huz, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, and the skill, the ability, and the knowledge in all kinds of crafts to make artistic designs for work in gold, in silver, in bronze, to cut and set stones, to work on wood, and to engage in all sorts of craftsmanship. 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 And before we go further into that, very powerful. I want to go further there to verse 6. But first I want to come back. Let's just read 6 and finish then. Moreover, I have appointed Oholiah, son of Ahisamak, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. I also have given skill to all the craftsmen to make everything I have commanded to you. Very powerful, beloved people. The same skill given here. But when you still go back, when you go back a little bit, this is very powerful. We are coming to it again more and more. But when you go back to First Kings again, chapter 7, again what we read in 13 to 22, there is a greater detail I read down there. I read down there for matronics and lilies and brass and capitals and interwovenness, the chains that were interweaving to decorate the top of the pillars. Why? If you see the way Bezalel was instructed to construct the sacred garment of the Lord, that Aaron, the high priest, was supposed to use on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, to enter with into the Holy of Holies. Then you will find the following. You find that he placed along the hem of the garment, after he had put all the stones, the 12 stones, the name it, the breastplate, and all these things. But along the hem of the garment, he had put, he was instructed by the Spirit of the Lord to put interchanging pomegranate, that fruit, and a bell. Pomegranate, a bell. Pomegranate, a bell. Pomegranate, a bell. Pomegranate, a bell. In that alternating sequence, so that there were bells 
and pomegranate. And then he drops very beautifully the fruit and its leaves. And when you look at the work Hiram did, Hiram also uses pomegranate and decorates with its leaves. And then eventually, of course, designs lily. And of course, we know that the Lord is known as the lily, the lily of Israel, but we will come to that. But I'm saying the pomegranate that he uses, then he puts their leaves and their fruit in a certain alternating order on the capital of the pillars. And we know that they used pomegranate to symbolize the tree of life. They used pomegranate to symbolize, as a symbol, they fix on the plant and use it as a symbol with its leaves and fruit as the symbol of the tree of life. How awesome. This is what was happening here. There's a lady working with pomegranate on this side, and then on this side you find that Hiram is busy with pomegranate and putting them on the pillar. Right? And one pillar is called Hakim, Hakim, the J becomes H, Hakim, and the other pillar is called Boaz. Hakim Boaz. The Lord establishes strength. Very powerful, beloved people. And now we see very clearly here that Bezalel is given a skill. So let's see what we have seen until now. That Bezalel and Hiram, Bezalel was filled with the Spirit of God. Same thing happened to Hiram. When it comes to building the pillars of the temple of the Lord, not anybody can build it. Only a skillful one can build it as a special mission. Because the pillars are the support. And the pillars stand out also. They are the ones that are going to give ornamental value. If you look at the Temple of Solomon, they were standing like this, supporting but in the front like this. In fact, they stood out with this golden tinge, the bronze color. They stood out when the sun lit on them, when the sun lit them up. They did shine that, that beautiful bronze, and they stood out. And they added value, and they adorned, and gave the temple beauty. They beautified the temple, ornamental value. They became the decor, decoration of the temple. So, Bezalel was filled with the Spirit of the Lord, and to divide cunning skills as a gift of the Holy Spirit. And the same thing with Hiram. So you turn to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1, beloved people. Powerful sermon on the overcomers. Now you're beginning to understand who the Lord calls overcomers and why. This is absolutely awesome. The book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 17. He says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly life, who does not change like shifting shadows. So that is very powerful. 
is describing to you where these gifts have come. We know that the Lord himself has pronounced himself on these gifts. He says, I have filled them with the Spirit of the Lord. But just to nail down the point, I've read for you from James chapter 117, where you see that every good gift and skill has actually come from our Father, and he calls him the Father of life. Why? Why does he call him the Father of life? In fact, the Father of life, whose shadow does not shift. Number one, we know that he created all the suns above the earth, all the stars and the suns that provide light. So you can think for yourself how big Jehovah God himself is. If some of the suns are 600 billion times the size of our sun in our solar system, if he can create the sun in our solar system, is about 1.9 million Earths that would fit into that mass. And there are other suns that are 600 billion times bigger than our sun. And he created them all. That's why he's calling him the father of the light. But he's also the father, not only of the exterior light, the moons and the stars and the sun, but also the inner light that is within the life of the believer. So we see him here anointing a wise, it is a heart. That's the heart, that a wise heart. A wizened heart, the heart that has become wise. He anoints them and he gives them skills, all manner of cunning, skills, wisdom, craftsmanship by the Holy Spirit. Exceptional power given to Hiram and Bezalel now for comparison. Exceptional wisdom given to Hiram to build what? To build the pillars. To build what? The pillars of God. The pillars in the temple of God, beloved people. Exceptional power. Exceptional wisdom. Exceptional knowledge. Exceptional intellect. Exceptional artistic ability. Exceptional cunningness to be able to be an inventor, to invent things, and also to be able to generate things, new things, invent new things. Exceptional wisdom to be able to receive instruction and, and produce exact. Divine gifting from Jehovah. Exceptional knowledge. Exceptional understanding. Exceptional dexterity of their hands. Exceptional skills. And all this must be harnessed to the praise of God. Exceptional wisdom to become an inventor and generate new things. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.